Hello, everyone. Boom. Hey, hey. All right. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dice Abide Live. <sighs> Game show applause. I'm your host, Adam. And with me, as always, is the wisest of Kensai's, the molder to my scholarly, John. Yay! <laughs> and then uh, with us tonight is the one, the only, the apparently a little bit sweaty, Kip Lewis Parcel. What is happening? How's it going, Kip? Hey, Kip, so uh, every night we usually start off talking about what are you drinking tonight? Uh, what am I drinking tonight? Okay. I am in um, my awesome Rumble on Route 66 glass. I had to give him some love. Uh, I'm drinking some cheap-ass wine. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Nothing wrong with cheap ass wine. Hey, Yellowtail's good, man. No shame. It's delicious. <laughs> John, what do you got? I am I... working on this 91 proof gin because it was the first thing out of the cabinet. So why not? <laughs> that's that's always a a good way to pick. Yep. But tonight I've got another I've got another one from uh, Monkless Belgian Ales and Bend, the Trinity, lovely uh, 8.7 percent triple. So I am. Happy. Cheers, guys. It's going to go super well. Cheers. (laughs) Right on. So let's get to the news, John. I think you're starting off with Bromat Academy. Yeah. So real quick, um, the Code 1 mission is over, but we're still doing the Code 1 painting contest for the end of next month. So all that means is you paint any model you can use in Code 1, send it in to report at bromatacademy.com and get entered to win uh, either a blister of your choice or a Bromat Academy patch. Um, And this month of June's mission is to take a Ford Observer bot and use it. So either take the specialist operator version in uh, code one to use the speedy 6-4 movement to go push buttons or make use of Satlock or something else crazy like sensor or triangulated fire in a full game of N3 or N3.5 if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, so that's you're, that's it uh, for Bromine Academy this month. You are definitely into the uh, N3.5. I, I am. You are too. <laughs> I do. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, so for me, I found a couple couple fun things. Uh, the new Aeronautica Imperialis set is coming out with uh, Tau versus more Imperials. I'll so, be buying that for sure. Yeah, you will be. Um, I I also will be. Although I might I might I might hold off on the Tau. I might stick with Imperials. I'm holding holding on for uh, for Chaos and Eldar to come out. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Right for the like, greater good. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then also some new Infinity releases. And I've got to say that new Tawu in the front there is freaking awesome. Yeah. He looks like he's, he's about to pull his glove off and just like smack you. Oh, oh my yeah. God. It's pretty great. He's, I think I need to, he's going to be like every one of my HVTs. <laughs> <laughs> just, just buy 20 of them. Yeah, one, exactly. One for each of your sectorials. Oh my God. Yeah, no, he's like perfect for, he's like a perfect NA2 yeah. HVT. Mm-hmm. I mean, like so, mo- most of these are like uh, like the uh, Doctor Worm is a repack, and then the, the uh-huh. newer boats are pretty design language similar to the original ones, which I appreciate. Sure. But I, I just got to call out the uh, the Lambda engineer who has like engineer written on his baseball cap or whatever, right? Yeah. Like that's that's <laughs> such an engineer thing to do. As like an engineer myself, I'm just like, yeah, all right, I could, I would totally work into combat. That, yeah, hundred percent. So props to yes, props to the guy who did that. that. Yep. Yeah, it's like what. I mean, you need to label it as well. <laughs> it's it's pretty perfect. I'm stoked for those new remotes. Um, I definitely need to order several boxes of them eventually. Yeah, but do the panel one super super slick, man. I I was looking at it, and I told you, Kip. I totally agree. One of the things I thought was really interesting was the way that they kept the concept of those four little probes sticking out the back. 
Yeah. Right? Like they kept it visually there, but they made it into more of a, a body piece so that yeah. you won't do you won't bend and break those stupid things off. <laughs> right. Very I, smart. Very smart. I laughed. I don't know if you saw me tag you, man, because I haven't got back on, but um I saw that close up of the bottom where it looks like a smiley face and I was like, Hey mask for anybody that have to have kids. <laughs> oh no. I'm never gonna unsee that. <laughs> Uh, who's a good boy right <laughs> jeez oh that's all i see now yeah. that's all i see you're welcome i will <sighs> so thanks you're gonna, kip you're gonna, to, you're gonna buy them is that what you're telling me now you're gonna buy them for sure <laughs> oh, i mean i i am <laughs> i'm just gonna find a way to um to de-emphasize that i think <laughs> is the, the right word uh, so Kip, you mentioned earlier that you've been working on some hobby stuff. What have you been? What have you had going on? Yeah, um, I haven't. It's funny is during this quarantine, I haven't really. I've had less time because now Dude. I get honeydew time. Like yep. I have to do this project and this project. Um, especially with two kids under two, it's like by the time I have time, I'm like I just want to like sh- like put my feet up and go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, um, no, hundred percent the same page. <laughs> Um, I have two things that I've, I'm currently working on one. So I have a part that I wanted to donate um, on behalf of my cast, just for myself, uh, myself side of it. And it was um, some of the Mando heads and Mando conversion bits that I've been casting. Mm-hmm. Casted up four four packs of those and and did the, those on a live raffle. But then um, I do have a Baby Yoda. To cast for baby Yodas, so I painted up one of those, and that was my grand grand prize. So that was fun. So I did get to actually get some painting in and and doing up a really nice uh, like scenic base. Um, and it was funny as when I told the uh, um, the people um, that were watching, I'm like, hey, if you win this, you know, it's not just an HVT because Code One is like what people are playing. He does have Force Heal, so he can be a pal bot for your doctor. There you go. <laughs> There you go, ah, dude. I didn't. Ah, I didn't know that you were. I didn't know that you were casting there. those. Yeah, yeah. So um, a friend of mine um, did the three D print for the Mando heads, and I mm-hmm. he chooses to remain anonymous so that he doesn't get hit up for the. <laughs> um, it was before Tom and I, uh, you know, invested in a three D printer. So I I made casts of weapons so that I could I could WYSIWYG my Mandos so that they would be. Uh, proper proxies and it wouldn't be um, hard for people to to distinguish so yeah i didn't just dove into it i've never done it before pretty good at it now though <laughs> i can get like 95 percent success rate on my on my pores which is really good hey that's uh, good use yeah 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 that's it's <clears throat> well that's on a good day though like let's be real like usually it's about 85 percent 85 percent is still good yield at this at this scale so that's yeah, awesome yeah yeah have a uh, vacuum chamber for the silicone and then a pressure pot for when you actually pour them in. So oh, for real, you got the you oh, got wow. the good. Yeah, yeah, to do shebang, man. So I've been been doing that. So I painted that up, and those are always fun. Um, and then I kind of I'll I'll do a pre- I didn't want to tell anybody this, and only like the local guys here saw, but I wanted a tag for my because I've been running uh, my Mando as Invincible Army because it kind of makes sense, you know. Everybody's kind of like yeah. Oh, it's 10 models and they're all high armor. So I'm like, Hey, that makes sense for best guards. So I've been running them that way. And it, it got me to use some of my characters. I like to use because like I have a Sabine Wren. So she's perfect for the luching. Um, 
And then for all of the characters that mix with that special fire team, I can add in my Django Fett and my my actually like Din Djarin, uh, my little uh, Darth Malgus for the HMG. So it, it just made sense. But I needed a tag and I'm like, well, how can I like Mando size this? So I had one of the heads that I casted from Legion that's a little too big, but it fits perfect. So I put that on the... The um, the Guija. Oh. And I put in some sidebars and added some big long ears, so it looks like a giant Yoda with a little. <laughs> little <more accurate. laughs> That's so, amazing. So anybody who's watching your show, you'll look forward to that in like six months because <laughs> I don't know how long it's gonna take. I have it uh, like based, and I'm doing the lining on the silver armor, but I want it to I want it to look like. Um, Din's uh, Din Djarin's arm, so it'll be that right. silver plated with kind of like the brown and like that slate kind of color undercoat. Um, but that's gonna be funny when I drop that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that sounds like quite the project. I'm looking forward to seeing it. <laughs> so that he just has the cockpit. So knowing that it's manned, you're like, yeah, there's a little Yoda race person in there. <laughs> that's that's rad. Or not the arms off. So you can't see that they look to you know human scale. You could just cut cut them way short. There you go. (laughs) 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 Just have just have the hands sticking out. Yeah, there you go. Oh man, yeah, that's gonna be fun. That's that's what I'm currently working on. I really want to um, I want to get that project finished because with some other files, there's some pano. Wanted to do a army for a while but it's kind of you never really knew what to go for and there's a really good idea that will also be another star wars conversion type theme that i want to do for um uh, pano army probably veruna because it's super shitty um but it's been something i've wanted to do for probably a year nice like, watching the clone wars <laughs> all right yeah. we'll see if we can uh, good so Good luck on that one. Done, so I can move on to something else. Speaking of moving on, oh, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh man! So I've been uh, working a little bit on um, some t- or some uh, Bakunin that's one hundred percent the fault of John's. Um, I've always enjoyed. I've always I've always gone back and forth on Bakunin. Um, somewhere between like the cat girls not doing it for me, but the riot girls definitely doing it for me. Um, and I think that, uh, I've, I finally made the jump going Bakun and converting over my Starco, which I basically never played. Um, <laughs> because I want to have, dude, I want to have like the punk rock riot girls. I want to have candy raver nuns. Um, <laughs> my, my, uh, my taskmasters are going to be hip hop glitter boy taskmasters. Like I want, I want them to just look like insanity on the table. Um, so I started uh, switching over to the bases um, from these are from Death Ray Designs that I very much like. So been working on that, and then also I made a little more progress on my uh, was it Teuton Knight that I converted out of the Hospitaller. Um, I did it, and I wasn't loving it, but you kind of I, I needed to finish the base to really see it in context. And now that I've got the base done. I'm really happy with this direction. Um, it looks really good, man. Thanks. And the funny thing is, like, I have a tendency to shade very, um, I guess, like, very directional. So the light is straight on here. 
but it looks like the light is coming from the top down and it's 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 frustrating because it makes them they don't photograph well because i don't go too i don't go over the top with the shading i just make it feel kind of comfortable and natural um so the only place you can actually really tell that this is direct on lighting is the visor so you can see in the shadow of the visor it's still bright so it stands out but i'm pretty happy with the conversion i like this basing it's a super quick paint scheme um yeah you've been cranking through those yeah so i'm gonna start start cranking on some military orders apparently speaking of piano armies right i dude i've always loved military orders like when i started um like back in like 2011 is when i started playing in city pretty hardcore Mm -hmm. that was like one of my it was like that in caledonia but i had to go with caledonia because william wallace like those models for me but i had always bought the military order and the myrmidons like i didn't like all of the left but it was all those like okay you have really badass knights and then super freaking cool ninja knights that kind of look like mandos <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. it all makes sense now full circle yeah like the military always been one of my one of my faves well, um, it's it's funny because when i came to infinity um I was like, finally, a game that's real sci-fi. Like, right. I'm, I'm done of, the, I'm tired with this like sci-fi fantasy stuff from, from playing 40k for years. So like, I end up playing like the space vampires and space werewolves faction, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like, I'm, I don't like the, the, the anachronism um, of 40k, and then I end up with Steel Phalanx and Military Orders. So yeah. <laughs> apparently, I'm just a big fucking hypocrite. And <laughs> Man, that's awesome. But yeah, the other thing is like I I love converting, so I had to convert modern versions of the 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 other knights, especially of the Teutons, because I really like their profile. Um, then I, I don't have the photo on here, but I also did the um, the Santiago knights. I made new versions of those, and they they came out really nice. So eventually, I have a whole modern updated army just in time for them to start releasing modern sculpts. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're doing less of the service, right? It's like everybody always says: as soon as you do the conversions to make the the current profile, CB will release. So yeah, exactly. I, taking that one for the team. Yep. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. So John, what are you working on? Well, speaking of team, we've added a new member to our team at home. So we got a new puppy on Saturday at three thirty in the morning. It's a long story. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was it was rough, <laughs> but uh, Did she's. You say- yeah, three thirty in the morning. We were at a truck stop in the middle of nowhere, Oregon. It what? Was, yeah, like we met, we met we met a van with forty dogs in it. It was like super shady. Is um, that dog full of drugs? Like <laughs> the dog is not full of drugs. Well, actually, I don't know. So her first poops, there was like some weird gnarly blue shit in them. So we we're just like, uh, I'm just gonna throw these out. I'm gonna throw these out. I'm not gonna try to ask questions. They're gone now. Well, the garbage truck took not- it away. So. Who knows? All these little balloons. I don't know what it yeah, was. Yeah, I don't know what all these balloons are. <laughs> Just they're gone. I don't want to deal with it. So yeah, she's 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 been quite a handful, but uh, she's super. Um, anyway, back to infinity okay. things. Uh, <laughs> I I probably won't have much much time to do this. So I did this uh, Saturday during the day before we went to pick her up and. Uh, yeah, so I built the Nisei blister, and I just can't get enough of it. Boop, got your nose. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, I did some, I, we were talking about the uh, Paracommando LGL guy, and I just, like, love this ancient sculpt. It's just it's just so good, right? I mean, like, this guy just dragging a bag full, full of guns and ammo. That um, model is really cool. Right? It's it's so it's so characterful. And, he, like, I love the little um, the, the oxygen mask that they've got, too. Uh, he's, like, kind of dangling off of his kit, right? This picture mm-hmm. here. Um, but then, uh, you know, it's always good to go back and see what you used to do. So here is the first Infinity model I ever painted 
versus the thing that I've got work in progress on my desk right now. And they're both intruders, so it's like a pretty pretty decent um, comparison, oh, wow. right? And you can just sort of see like how shitty it was at the beginning and how better it is but not good it is so i'll i'll take it i'm, I'm pretty pleased with the improvement and but yeah it's, it's always take, good to put them side by side let's take better enough right yeah better like, yeah you know what is it um uh, uh best is the enemy of good enough or whatever so yeah i'll, I'll take it i'm, <laughs> I'm quite pleased <laughs> i've i have not heard that uh that phrase before yeah it's it was uh some russian admiral it sounds very just hit it with a wrench <laughs> just like in uh, armageddon right was it armageddon i don't know the you Bruce lost Wilson? me yeah uh, it's like I, this is Russian space station. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. By the way, saying it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I am the only cosmonaut that is qualified on this space station. Jeez, uh, I, I gotta go rewatch that movie. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I will rewatch it. I will not say it's good. <laughs> um, it's so. Good yeah, good. There you go. Good enough. It wasn't perfect. <laughs> so, oh, geez, that's perfect. No. So, all right. Um, on to gaming. John and I got a game in. Um, through the the voodoo witchcraft that is John's, yeah. like twelve computers and forty five cameras set up to make one game actually function on the internet. Yeah. So, so this is what Adam sees. He sees, you know, one one camera view of the table, and then I. I put Adam smiling, or in this case, very grumpy face on the uh, <laughs> on the internet, so so the viewers can enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so we'll talk more about this table uh, in 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 la- at length later today. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good time. We ended up playing Hawk versus Bakunin. There's our list. If you, um, yep. we had originally thought to play a code one game at 25 points, but then Adam was too excited with. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about at all. There's certainly not a photo at the end of there of the massive pile of Bakunin that I went out and got immediately after this game. <laughs> Wait, you, you mean this photo? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the photo. <laughs> it was a good game, man. It was a great game. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Bakunin have some neat toys. I enjoy, I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was solid. Like I, the Taskmaster was actually really interesting. I very much enjoyed that profile. Um, having just a mountain of deployable equipment just everywhere I run and just crapping out koalas is, is fun. Um, the, uh, that's a bastard of a profile. I'm looking forward to running it and two lunacods because now I'm convinced that koalas are the best thing there is. Right. I mean, every nomad player goes through this phase, right? It just just happens. You're just like, I can take how many koalas? I'm going to take all of them, all of them, all of them, you know, two morans, two lunacods, taskmasters, you know. Everything just gonna be koalas for days, and then somebody like runs one war core through it, and you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, John. Yeah. Don't, don't be I, reality. I'm gonna be the guy running that war core through your your koala screen. So it's. I thought we were friends, John. <laughs> we are. I was teaching how to play nomads. <laughs> Taking away my fun. Um, that is so... what nomads do. We're the fun. Ooh, that's what moderators yeah. are, right? With the, with yeah, the, with they have the mod button. hand, right? Jeez. So, uh, so Kip, you. Yeah. You haven't been playing much Infinity lately, duh, like the rest of the world. <laughs> but you have uh, you did briefly mention that you're starting a little bit of a, a little bit of role playing thing. I am. I actually did get one game of Code One in um, with a buddy of mine, which was good. Um, and I just my thoughts initially on that is I'm really liking it. 
Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. only want to play Code 1 since there's no real big events going on. And it's right. like 3 and 4. So it's like I, I need to start forgetting what I do know and start sure. learning to know. <laughs> yeah, start the transition, no. right? Yeah, exactly. That, that- that totally makes sense. John and I, that's kind of what we were talking about playing N3.5. Like, I really wanted to play Bakunin, which is why we didn't play Code 1. Yeah. That uh, but, yeah, playing with, like, the new crits, the new spotlight, um, targeted, the immobilized states, et cetera, et cetera. If oh, my God. All they spotlight. changed, N3 to N4, was the spotlight changes? Happy camper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Oh, Kip, have you had a chance to abuse the spotlight? Yeah, it's, it's, dude, it makes hackers relevant. Oh my gosh, like against everybody. And I'm like, I hope this stays with the ARO aspect because it was, it was just so read your article. And I was like, okay, I have to oh. play this. <laughs> and I remember I, I messaged you. I was like, dude, you weren't lying. Right. <laughs> you weren't it, lying. It's, it's so big. It's bonkers. It's so, and like, I'm just imagining it like with the ridiculous repeater net that I get out there with my Drews. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, excellent. This is what I want. <laughs> Yeah, well, now real. you play Bakunin. You thought the Drew's repeater net was just oh, wait. Valid, yeah. valid. Um, yeah, no, like you've pissed me off plenty with those zeros with emollers and deployable repeaters. Like I hate that was like like yeah, but this is basically like one of our games. It was just John trolling my avatar with <laughs> deployable repeaters and emollers. <laughs> and then like I've I've never seen John smile ear to ear more <laughs> than like than like combi rifling my avatar I'm like what do you want to do yeah here's like, the here's the game in question you, do you have any wonderful like one-liners you put in there making fun of oh, no, this, is before, this you... is before i started doing it oh my god but yeah here you go here's here's the here's the the repeater and then i put an email right there next to the avatar yes yeah, uh, so the repeater is just on the other side of a box so i can't even like get to it with it. it's gonna take two orders to try to shoot the thing yeah oh, oh my god you still won the game because of fucking Dr. Did I win that game? I can't you even, did. I couldn't even you did. tell you. All I remember is Rage. Well, well, yeah, you you, you won it handily. Look at this shit. 10-3 okay, well. combined army victory. See, the problem was, I was like, okay, step one, neutralize the avatar. Check, right? I got the zero uh, in there. And I dropped the emailer. I hacked through the repeater. Bad things happened to the avatar. I'm like, good to go. Step two, use Brand DeCastro. Kill your engineer, right? Like That's <laughs> the thing you do. So uh-huh. super chomp brand right in front of uh, in front of the uh, Doctor Worm, boom, crit. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> like every time though, every time <laughs> I play Adam's avatar, like I'm like, okay, step one, neutralize the avatar, done. I've got five orders now to take out stupid Doctor Worm. Okay, I've got the correct tool in the correct place. I'm gonna do it, crit. <laughs> Just like come on, Doctor Worm makes Don't- the best. Stories, man. Yeah, dude, don't mess with Doctor Worm. Don't mess. With no, Dr. Worm. no. There was a, a rumble that uh, Saito rolled up onto Tom's Doctor Worm. You know, in camo, close combat, and he crit with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> Saito's only one move, so he's like, boom, dead. Like, Gone. <laughs> oh, that's ugly. Yeah. No, don't mess with Doctor Worm, man. He's got a posse. Yeah. <laughs> that is awful. But yes. Um, you're the uh, I'm starting my first RPG that's right or like ever so I, I played my cousins um, you know they got into D&D because of um, Stranger Things so I love that you know thank you all these awesome streaming channels for making nerds great again right <laughs> right right um, but my so my cousins are like 
hey, you know about minis? I'm like, I've never played D&D because, like, when I was growing up, there was never really, like, a good crowd that, like, really got me into it. I was always the one... I was always the biggest nerd trying to get other people into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go down that route. Uh, so I did a... Um, I did a day um, for my my little cousin. He's 14. Oh, he's okay. just turned 15, but... So he's 14, yeah, he's a teenager, um, young teenager, came over. I had some of my other friends that were experienced. They ran me through a day campaign. I cooked lunch. I had a blast. We played from, like, um, noon to about 7. And I was like, I freaking get it. It was like, you know, that. that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no freaking wonder. This is super cool. So I've been wanting to get into a group. Um, some of the local guys here uh, are in the Edge of Empire uh, campaign. And I'm like, okay, sweet, Star Wars great way to get me into this because yep. uh, super super nerd that way which you guys already know yeah um, <laughs> really stoked to start that i've been i've been diving through the rules uh and it was funny because as i was going through my gear i was like hey man i have money for a sabak deck like that would be really cool to kind of like throw wow. in if we need to like gamble to get our way out you know like hey we could even win a ship <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> That's all I need is yeah, just right. a way to gamble. Oh, man, because I was like, this could be a really good narrative. Like, instead of just doing the classic, well, I'm going to search here and try to get this info. It's like, let's get this guy drunk and then freaking cheat at Sabak and we can get some really cool stuff. Like, that is the correct how these RPGs go. So I bought this deck and then, like, I've been messing with the rules and it's their system. I, I think it was in... Um, it's in one of the adventure supplements. Um, the rules are really easy and super fun. So I'm excited for that. Excited for the whole thing. Um, I got pulled aside to the secret group because they're going to do this whole twist on one of the guys. I can't, I'm not going to say anything because if any of them okay. are this, <laughs> I can't say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shh. Keep it's it secret. Really Keep it safe. Cool they're going to go on. Um, but it seems like a pretty cool crew. Um, ironically, um, Tom is working on printing a ship that he got from Imperial Terrain. So that's a place yeah. you can buy STL files or 3D printed. And he goes, dude, I got a cool ship that will go with our Mandos. And then he shows it to me, and it's exactly the design that our pilot did for our YT craft. And I was like, how freaking perfect is this? It's amazing. <laughs> right? It's actually funny that you mentioned YT, because on my desk right here, oh, I've got... Go. This is... So this is like... A silly little plug. I can't take it apart, but a buddy of mine designed a fully modular YT with every configuration that's been any in any of the books. Oh, that's amazing! Right, so it's like got the you know the the the, in, the faster engines. This one I made a um I made a research vessel, and yeah, so just a funny thing that you mentioned that. I'm like, I actually have one of those right here. Yeah, I was I was totally. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm stoked, man. I sent my uh, my backstory off to the DM, and I was like, man, I hope he doesn't think this is stupid, you know? Because it's like I've never done this before. I tried to make it pretty close to canon, and it would make sense. And even building my character out, like I took things that would that he would be good at instead of just trying to make like a beat, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm on the run, so I had to take the obligation because I'm like a defactor from the Imperial Army. So like I. I'm uh, making a, my character is going to be a Mandalorian, of course, because yay! I, because yeah, yeah, I'm a reasons. But I went with because we're like right, right around Rebels before Death Star is the era that they were in. So I was like, oh, perfect! I'll make uh, my guy from Clan Saxon because I could be like, wait, you're about to use what? 
on our fellow like I know we're at war and stuff, but you're literally gonna decimate like our people. I know we did, we disagree, but because you know the Sabine's weapon she developed like targets specifically Beskar fries people. So mm. like uh, well his he's going by Reese Saxon, but that's not his real name. He goes by Reese because I'm a hired gun. Uh, I wrote that he did like had to hide his Beskar go to try to warn the other clans, can't stop things, the devastation drives him crazy, so he's bold. Well, now I'm like, Empire's going to be like, we want this guy, he's a freaking defactor. Um, and then some of the other guys, their backstories were um, Imperials that are on the run too, so it made it really easy for us to kind of like meet up, you know? Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. Oh, I met in the pub one day. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, hey, right? Yeah. It's a pub. So we had a really good way of where we met, and he messaged me back and was like, this is actually really cool. I was like, sweet. Well, that's how I can be Amanda with no armor. Because I had behind. There you go. I was like, hey, side note, I would like to, like, come across it someday. Probably, like, a crime boss. And I'm like, that doesn't belong to you. How can I kill kill everybody in the room and take my armor back? I need my armor. armor. The only armor you need is plot armor. Yes. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, great, Kim. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I've I've been been thinking about getting back into the RPGs, but I it takes too much time, even compared to I feel like compared to other gaming. Maybe when uh, maybe when the kids are a little bit older, like she's already really into the Hobbit, so I'm hoping um, that uh, that I'm, I'm pushing her in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be kind of rushed. I think we're doing like two and a half hours max because everybody has to work and and the, it's going to be like 8 to 10 30 yeah. so it's like you know go to bed but then it's not too late so you can get up early in the morning yeah, so i don't know reasonable i don't know how that's going to work because the only time i did do it we did like you know a full seven hours i was like Whoa! so trying Jeez, to that's not yeah rush at uh an encounter in two and a half hours i don't know how that's gonna work because i've never done that <laughs> well, well, good good luck with your yes. uh, your first game. Um, well, great. So let's uh, let's go ahead and and I guess put a put a solid end to the uh, to the gaming and carry on to what well, we actually came here to talk about a bit, which was terrain. Um, I think terrain is probably it was actually probably one of the biggest things that got me into Infinity. Um, I I really love the whole world building. Uh, I used to have tons of Warhammer train, but like playing fantasy, you'd put like four pieces of that on the table and call it done. You're like, well, I've got this, I've got crates full of a fancy train or uh, even playing 40 K. I made the mistake of making some really cool dynamic buildings with rooms that are fucking unplayable. for yeah. 40K. <laughs> like, yeah. Obi who's in the, in the chat watching the stream, like he and I would play on this thing and like just getting models in and out of these ruins that have, that have rooms was just just a pain in the ass. So, uh, so yeah, when, when we kind of started picking up uh, Infinity and we were playing using the exact same terrain at the time, and it's like, it's, this is actually playable. This actually mm-hmm. works. And that kind of, um, that might have unleashed a little bit of a monster. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. Um, Let me so, put it this way. He makes so many tables that I had to buy some off of him to make room in his house for more oh, tables. So, yeah, this is one of them. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm very pleased. So this is this is probably one of my favorite tables that I've ever made, actually. Um, and it is a giant wrecked airplane, right, off in the woods. And it is, 
It is basically made out of a, 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 a Toys R Us toy that I got before they went out of business. I think it's called okay. the Shark Jet. Um, there's a little bit of a Easter egg, which on the top of the cockpit, there are two buttons that activate sound effects that still, <laughs> that still work. Um, and so it's basically just a, a plane crash in the woods, right? And I wanted to figure out how to make that work. So a couple of the ways was like making sure there's clear definitions of where the woods are with the templates, mm-hmm. but also um, making sure that I got trees that actually block line of fire. So like these are all these really dense Christmas village trees. Um, but when you actually put them down into clumps on the table, they provide cover and they, they actually block line of fire. So you can end up with this train that this table that's really dynamic um, and looks really thematic, but is actually functionally playable. And yeah. I think, I think some people might argue with me on the playable uh, value. I really enjoy playing on it. Um, there's definitely a handful of people that absolutely loathe this table. That's true. I can, I can see that. We have the same type of um, love and hate with our jungle table. Um, right. The same way. But I love what you did with like the downed uh, plane because it does have a F ton of character. <clears throat> it's pretty awesome. Um, how do you play uh, your tree templates? Yeah, so the, the low vis and saturation is the entire template. There you go. The trees themselves block line of fire. And then if you are in base contact with a tree that is blocking line of fire, you're going to get cover, right? So sure. you can't you can't actually draw a line of fire through the trees. They stay put where they are. Yeah. Um, and, and this they're, actually... They're cones. They're physical cones that you can't move and you can't, you can't shoot under, right? Because there's like a tiny gap like underneath the tree yeah. branches. And it would get really silly because you're like shooting people in the shins. But uh, yeah, I mean, we get a lot of questions about that at tournaments and stuff. It's like, no, these are, these are template. Like these are, this is not a template zone. This is a template plus physical cones that you have to, you know, negotiate. Uh, and, and, and the zones are... Yeah, and the zones are also uh, uh, difficult terrain. Yeah, and I kind of came up with the idea when I decided to like almost have like a fundamentalist interpretation of the terrain rules, right? Like I went through and I reread the way the terrain rules are written, strictly RAW, right? And you do have special terrain zones, that is a thing, but nowhere does it say that you like have trees be representative of the zone. Like if a tree is there, a tree is there. <laughs> by yeah. the strict rooting of the rules. And I kind of figured out, like, if you play it as strict as like strictly what's written in the book, it actually makes the train a lot more useful as opposed to like playing Warhammer style um, trees, right? Where it's like, this is a blob and here are some trees to remind you that that blob is woods. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's actually done a lot. So this one, I, I just wanted to bring up because it's such an extreme example of table design. So as we talk through, um, the rest of the points in, in this segment, you can kind of think back to this one and how it functions on the table. Um, another table that I wanted to kind of show off before we really get into it was put together uh, by my friend Pete Setchel, and it's a Yu Zhang table. Um, so he's got these like beautiful Chinatown style buildings. He even made little lanterns. You can oh, kind of see here in the windows. Uh, all of the signs are all advertisements that he and his wife. So his wife is a graphic designer, which gives him a little bit of a, a leg up on that. And she's also Chinese. Um, so <laughs> makes it a, lo- a lot easier to do that. All of his little, all of his little um, grocery stands in there. You can see little tiny sculpted fruit that he bought <laughs> off, I think Etsy or something. So this one um, to the right is like a durian stand. Um, there's pumpkins over there on the left. And then Kip, uh, you can ignore these yellow cards, but what they are is for the roasted raid last year, I basically made 
quick reference cards to put on all the terrain elements of your table. And you uh, just, cir- so yeah, so you just circle like difficult terrain counts as this terrain type, um, the saturation level, the visibility level. Nice. And it just made super quick reference for the tournaments. Um, yeah. To use, yeah. Yeah. He's got a variant of the table with a Guan Yu statue on it as well. Oh, yeah. The freaking best. I just wanted to, to draw to people's attention to that. So this, this, I actually, you know, went to visit him in San Francisco and got a chance. I mean, like just the level of detail he's got in there, these Prisma shots. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's, there's a good shot of the Guan Yu statue. It's just like a little garden park situation going on. And it's, it's right, like, like that big. It's 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 hilarious and it's and it's it's actually useful, right? It's like a big LOF blocking thing. Yep. And then he's got he sourced all this stuff from like a, a pretty good variety of uh, of manufacturers. He's obvious he's got some Warsenal in there. Um, he's got some Knights of Dice stuff in there. Um, a few other odds and ends. Yeah. Uh, I think the vehicles are either Anthemocytes or Microart Studio. Um, but yeah, a really big variety in here, and it kind of creates this cohesive. This feels like a real plaza. Yeah, he's also put a lot of attention into like the very tiny details. So this is a great shot right here. So you see the dumpster center frame that's blue, and there's a ladder mm-hmm. leading up to the top of the building there. That ladder um, you can't reach unless you cl- unless you vault onto the dumpster. So it's very much like a fire escape, like on a real building, yeah. right? You have to like get a thing, shove a thing over, climb onto it, and then like try to get it. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. So then the the last table that I wanted to bring up is another table that people. Um, oh my god! I love this table. <laughs> so this was like probably, this is probably the most extreme table I've made, and the way we've been playing it is that the water is very difficult terrain, mm-hmm. the the beaches are regular difficult terrain, and yeah, so you won't jog down the beach. <laughs> what was that? Then, of course, because have you ever tried to jog on the beach? Yeah, yeah. seriously, nobody <laughs> wants to run on that. It should be dangerous terrain. Twist your ankle. Yeah, there you oh, go. <laughs> no, well, maybe that might be fun. Put I'd sharks play in the it. water. I'd play it. I'd I play know it. you would. Um, but so the cool thing about this table is that with the way the bridges are laid out, it becomes a very a lateral movement table. You can you can move from left to right, excuse me, really easily. Um, but moving across the table is a lot more challenging. So you've got all these raised areas with very open lines of fire that are easy to maneuver on, or very difficult to move areas with lots of line of fire blocking from all the islands and rocks. Mm-hmm. So this was a poison. Sorry. That's kind of like pick your poison. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. No, it absolutely is. Yeah. <clears throat> like having played on this table, it's very much like, okay, am I going to slog my way through the bridges and hope I have something that moves fast on, on, you know, normal, t- or am I going to pick the one thing that has multi-terrain and hope for the best and like literally, mm-hmm. you know, doggy paddle up. It really makes having terrain skills relevant. And that's kind of yeah. something that's, that's funny. Um, John and I talked about this uh, the other week. We talked kind of about internet meta and like in our meta locally, multi-terrain is fucking good. <laughs> and, and MSV1. So the thing that we haven't mentioned yeah, and MSV1. is that a lot of these tables have low vis zones on them. So I played Obadiah Hampton on this table, or, you know, a very variant configuration of this table, and I had a full fire team of Briscards with MSV1, and I just trounced it. It wasn't because, you know, he made bad decisions or anything. It was just like I had a dice advantage because I was in a low vis zone and I ignored it, and he couldn't. Yep. Yeah. Huge. A lot of fire. <laughs> yeah, bonuses and give your opponent as many as possible <laughs> on the negative. It's just a ton of fun. It's just yeah. So this is so this has become like I have built and I have painted, I have built and painted far more tables than I have built and painted armies nice. for Infinity. Um, Accurate. I've probably yeah I've probably made 
in the last couple of years five tables, six tables oh, off wow. the top of my head. And I do not have one fully painted army. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that I'm hoping to get USA done by the end of the year. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really enjoy this world building. So um, that brings me to kind of like, so why, like, why is it fun to build a table? Like, why should people build tables? Right. Um, mm. A lot of people don't have them. They take up space. Um, you know, they can go play at the local shop. But uh, to me, it's, it is a huge it's just a fun project. A like it's just fun. It is fun to go out there and like actually build something with your hands. You're using different materials. You're using a spackle and like epoxy sculpt and foam and all these other materials um, that you don't normally get to play with. Um, but what it also kind of lets you explore the universe that you're playing in. Um, mm. So I built a Novoi Novoi Navi whatever Bangkok table. Um, to go with my to go with my uh, Akari company, and when you start working on tables like this, you're really defining the environment you're playing in, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone talks about how Infinity is this cyberpunk game, but who's ever played on a cyberpunk table, right? Like one or two. Yeah, exactly. Um, and two. it's two. You can think of two. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our, uh, our... <laughs> yeah. Tell me. Like a neo. Tokyo nighttime with actually working LED signs. Yeah. And crowds. So he has his table has crowd templates. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. That, that could be mobs. So, and they'll, I, I think at one point they moved, but I don't know if he does that anymore. Um, but it's instead of having like those <clears throat> saturation zones um, that are uh, like um, nature elements, his are actually physically people out in a bit that's super cool <laughs> yeah so um you got to kind of work around that um and it's it's really really neat um definitely you know kind of like that ghost in the shell <clears throat> blade runner vibe and then um ethan pearson had a really good kind of like orange one um i guess you could call it cyberpunk but it, mm-hmm. it, it just looks kind of futuristic um oh, but I, is it that orange and white one uh like orange and black yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's gone. John's is definitely like that cyberpunk, like Neo Tokyo feel. Right. <laughs> super, super cool. So this is this is actually that whole table laid out before I finished doing all the graffiti. But I basically just rattle canned everything with a couple different colors each, nice. and dusted everything with browns and grays at the end to mute the colors way back down. Um, and then like a a kind of like beaten up derelict space stationy mat to go on but like when you're playing a game of infinity like this to me is what infinity feels like and like i play on i generally play on a lot of tables that are kind of a mishmash of what's available which is totally fine um but really being able to set the tone i think is why it's worth investing in your own table like what what story do you want to tell when you play this game um and it also like sets that narrative one of the things that i've been wanting to do for ages um and i tend to do this on some of my more complete tables is actually like put in some little MacGuffin, right like some little twist that says like something happened here um and one of the things i've been wanting to do a long time for is an urban table that has a trash truck like jammed into the side of a limo oh right right? straight like straight out of ghost in the shell but it kind of becomes like suddenly we have an engagement that's occurring like as a failed or successful assassination attempt 
Right. Or That's or a that. kidnapping attempt or something. Yeah, or a kidnapping attempt. Exactly. Some sort of some sort of just a little bit of extra narrative that the story tells that then links your fight into it. Like, you know, if you're suddenly playing rescue on that one, like you're rescuing hostages, you know, like perfect for the kidnapping attempt, right? Like yeah. it just gives that little bit of something critical uh happened here. And you know, all you're really just adding like two vehicles that you might add to your table anyways, and then maybe a dead body if you want to go like <laughs> Go, go all the way. Oh, man. So like that's that to me is is really why it's so important. Um, this is a, it's a it's a unique thing that you don't get to do in other games. I um, agree. Yeah, you can put like really small details. Like Adam and I've been talking about a table for a long time where um, it's just like a Japanese Zen garden sort of situation. Like some yeah. JSA like high official is like his is like compound. And then nice. but, like one of the buildings and this like you know be like the objective room. Um, would be like, you know, a big pagoda thing. And inside, there'd just be like a bio lab with a bunch of broken, like, specimen canister. Nice. <laughs> right? And like, that's like, everything else is like super, you know, super pastoral, like Zen garden rock, the whole deal, like, you know, the random stone lantern thing. And then like super high tech, you know, armored yeah. door, like crazy biotech building. Like everything else is just like rice paper screens and everything. Tells, tells a story. It's fantastic. Well, it's really just it's really just a little bit of extra consideration uh-huh. goes so far. Um, it, it does. And it actually what I like about that, too, is um, it really draws people in because like everybody coming from other miniature games, it's like they may have never played Infinity. They're like, oh, man, I've looked at it. and Your guys tables are beautiful. You know, like <laughs> yeah. you can't see that about any other game. And then it so it kind of draws like more people in and kind of creates that interest. But then when you actually go and say that, you're like, yeah, you get really immersed in this table. And then it actually means something. It becomes part of your army. Like, right. Really drew me in is it's like, yeah, that it looks beautiful, but it's also has its uses. And and once you start playing, you like understand why, like how important brain is to infinity. And that for me is like why I, prefer to have really nice tables like this too because it's such an integral part of the game like it's basically part of the army so it should look just as badass as you want your army to look right <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean exactly. yeah, i think i think the biggest compliment i've ever heard one of adam's tables was um stop you know we, we were we were uh we were at our lgs playing and there's like a back room where a bunch of D- and then on their way out they had just finished a session on their way out they stopped at one of adam's tables and they were like oh my god this table tells a story. Like I've walked past like hundreds of other, you know, forty like k Age of Sigmar, whatever tables, which are just like tree, rock, line of dudes, right? And it's like mm-hmm. I know what this is. This, this is a, this is a, this is an outpost studying these like weird purple crystals. I don't know anything yeah. beyond that, but just like I look at the table and I know that there's like a science mission to study these like wacky purple crystal things. He's like, that's awesome. What is this game? <laughs> Right, like he didn't even know what game it was. He's like, "Is this 40k?" I'm like, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't do that. Here. Right. It's funny. I don't like to uh, mix and mishmash tables either because it actually starts to bug me. Like, yeah. even if I like pull some stuff in, it's like, okay, it's got to make sense. Like, we have to have like the city center here, mm-hmm. and if I do mm-hmm. stuff, then I'll go get some of these crates that actually look like people are like mining on the outskirts, and they're trying to give the people that are stationed there like this this metropolitan feel in the middle of, you know, nowhere because <laughs> they're so used to living in upscale areas. Right. 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 So it's got to have something that makes sense that way. Like if it's just a miss, miss, like 
mashup, it it just like kind of bugs me personally for that same reason. Yeah, and no, I I'm on the same boat. What are we waiting for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and the cool, <laughs> I mean, really, one of the cool thing is though that that when you start developing this idea, you can really start shopping around for things to like push that idea forward. Exactly. So like this picture right here is funny because like I notice a lot of people. Um, will like they'll make a warsenal table right like they'll be like that new um oh my gosh what's that new hawk islam line that is freaking gorgeous uh, that oh my god objective room man right so good watch life because tom does all the paintings so oh they're so I'll good be, what in the hell and then as he's doing it i already can see jay once he gets that is going to add the fountains and the gardens and yeah yeah like, so I'm jay like, does Jay does a remarkable job doing what I like to do when I build this, which is like to to build out a complete idea. Yeah. Um, so like the train that I've got here is actually four different manufacturers of train in this photo, like ignoring the, the GW minis. Um, I started off with just getting, um, do you remember Black Sheep train? Oh, yeah. Rest the soul. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really was, good man. I've known him for long, long, long years. So. Oh my god! So yeah, he was fantastic, and I I worked with him to get a ton of his terrain, and I was like, I'm going to make your terrain like look, not just look like boxes on the table. Like I'm going to send this you know to the top. Like it's going to have all the good stuff, and um, you know, it just starts off as these these boxes, these rectangles, and actually, um, brutal cities is kind of almost in a way a spiritual successor, where it's like very yeah. blank, like a very blank canvas to work from. And then I added, I've got um some. Antimocytes and TT combat resin accessories Amazing. on the sides here. And then uh, a micro art studio billboard set that I just found a way to glue onto the bridges from the, uh, the black sheep stuff. Um, and there's more, some more TT combat stuff and some more, yeah, the, the, the urinal is my favorite. Um, That's actually really fast. And I like the, um, is that Bill Murray? <laughs> that is Bill Murray. So I, I went and like got a bunch of, got a bunch of graffiti posters and it's funny. So like I get this question a lot because I really, I really enjoy weathering the crap on my, out of my buildings. Mm -hmm. And people ask me like, well, how do you do the posters? Like, how do you make what's something that looks like wheat, pa wheat paste posters. And it's like, I just literally copy the natural process. I make some little posters. I cut them out. I glue them up and then I tear them off. Right? Oh, <laughs> like, and that's how you get posters that look like they've been like ripped and torn and left up there. And then like, all of the graffiti is just done with paint pens. Yeah. Right. And like, I've got a couple names that I continue throughout everything to keep it consistent. Nice. Um, so like King right here, the little crown King graffiti uh -huh. thing that I, I whipped up. That's on a lot of things. Um, what is it? King ghost zoop poop. And one other one, bat boy. Um, bat. I saw bat boy on the urinal. The J John. Yeah, exactly. And then I've got the, the bat boy. Um, uh -huh. Right, and there's ghost again. Oh, and pickle comes up a lot too. Bat boy over here, poops over there. Um, you know, and the same thing. Like, how do I make these? You know, the, these miniature, um, these miniature. Uh, oh my gosh, micro art studio um, billboards. Like, how do I weather them? And it's like I just spray painted this with brown paint. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, this lightly dusted with brown, and it looks like it, it got brown on it. Like that's that's what happens with these things. Yeah, you uh, just UPSed it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but kind of combining all these elements, you start to like really build build out a narrative. Like this looks like a crappy slum, 
Yeah, it does. A hundred percent the intention of it. Um, and then uh, for some other urban stuff I've been working on, um, I wanted to figure out how to, a way to make like woods on an urban table, right? Like people people think about like woods and water and all that stuff, and they're like, well, that doesn't really make sense to my table. And it's like I, I kind of call bullshit. Like yeah. you can make it work. If you have you a space have station to... table, you can get woods, make a <laughs> biodome. Yeah, there you go. Or like like this right here, what you're showing, it's like you have parks. Yeah. yeah. You can have water structures in the middle of like if you're fighting the middle of the city, like there's things called decor. <laughs> they there's fountains. Really big fountain, yeah. Right. So I've this got is the lazy river. This is, was a resort at one point. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You gotta have your like random block art too. Mm -hmm. Oh right. So I mean that was just because I just had all these wooden blocks. <laughs> I'm like, how do I make more terrain? I just want to get rid of these blocks. So I started gluing gluing them together in weird shapes to make sculptures to go in parks and fountains. Um, that's, that's awesome. Right. And and all these things really they add so much dimension to your game, right? Like if you you know, you can kind of play your game where you just got your your blocks. And this is actually a meme that I whipped together that I really enjoy. But like, you've got your boxy buildings, right? With like your walls and ladders, like. <laughs> and then, so, you know, some people step that up. My building's got interiors, and look, I yeah. put a, I put some woods down there, right? But like, really, when you start like thinking about like having different special terrain zones, like Nimbus yeah. field generators and like weird things like that, like that's when it starts to get fun. And then John and I have recently. Um, decided that we are just going to play with destructible terrain all the time. Yeah. Period. All walls can be blasted through. Like it, it takes two more seconds to remember those rules. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially if you just treat like all props are just like one structure, no armor. Boom. All walls are like yeah. three, three structure, seven armor. Boom. Like just do something like that, and suddenly, like now you've got a table that is really dynamic. You can really get across, and there's all kinds of different ways. You, um, you know, John, you talk about your wildcats, right? Is oh, wildcat? yeah. So, yeah, wildcats. So, well, wildcats and tomcats. So, my favorite destructible train story is House Ruled one way back in N2. So, we were playing on a table, which is basically mostly 40K terrain, like those big um, Gothic cathedral looking things. And there yeah. was a sniper tower, and my buddy plays um, Caledonia. And he had a cataran up in the sniper tower, which is just like screwing me over because this is 150 points. I had nothing really to take it out. But I had, yeah. I had a Tomcat engineer waiting in the wings. So I brought it in in a dead zone in the guy's LOF, snuck into the building, uh, climbing plus up the inside of the tower, planted the decharge under the cataran and clicked the detonator. And he fell to his <laughs> death. <laughs> That's you know, amazing. And like there's, there aren't rules for that in the game, but with like a very, very small amount of you know, house rolling, it's like, well, you can fall through narrow gates if you're, yeah. if you're standing on it. Then you just roll the fall damage as normal, and you're done, right? And he yeah. just, like, he just, he hilarious. super died. <laughs> failed his first arm roll, failed his second arm roll, and was off the table. That's hilarious. I love that, man. Um, we actually were having this conversation um, yesterday with some uh, friends of mine, with, and this was kind of the topic, was, like, those rules that you don't usually use. I'm like, dude, the biggest rules that are often overlooked is the terrain rules, and they're there yep. for... Um, I think that, and I was telling them, I was like, dude, we get so caught up in um, ITS that we're always focused on getting your 10 points, right? Because we're practicing for the next tournament that we're going to. I was like, but I was like, that's just one part of infinity. Like, that's just the, you know, that's the competitive side. I was like, there's this whole world that nobody really ventures into that I would like to see more. And I like that with the custom. They add that in. 
And you're like, on this one, we are using terrain rules. You can blow holes in the bottom of things. So if you have climbing plus and something on a balcony, you can make them fall 10 inches yeah. by yep. putting it in charge and doing that. And that's, that's written into the game, and it's hardly ever used. And, um, you know, I was kind of an advocate of, of, of taking a break every once in a while to just explore that. And we have a couple of guys, John being one of them, that made that, that kind of Neo-Tokyo table because he's a huge, like, RPG DM. So he's trying to, like, add that RPG feel to the games that you play and kind of add that character and it's his his custom missions are all always pretty fun man because they add that aspect and yeah it's clearly like this beautiful treasure box that nobody opens right, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah I mean, clearly like, you've never been you've never prepared for one of my tournaments yeah no, that was right? what i was gonna say right like the thing so, is when you when you want to take a break and do something different than its right if you travel a bunch, especially to Adam's turns, you have to prepare for random stuff like saturation zones everywhere. And that completely changes your weapon load up, um, you know, waiting. You're like, oh, I actually kind of want a missile because I, I can use it in the active turn versus one, right? And it does, it all, does all kinds of weird stuff. You can split personally. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think I think playing with really heavy terrain rules does prepare you for some medicine, especially Adam and I run. <laughs> but so it's really the kind of the one of the things that also sent me down this like this dark path of of meddling with terrain right is the idea that it's kind of the third player you know like yeah. i can i can and do often change my army right? <laughs> like <laughs> i've got too many armies over there uh that i can play but though just changing the way your table is set up changes the game possibly more than changing your entire freaking army like switching from aria to the steel phalanx might be less different than playing on kind of a boxier table um where is it like this one to playing on uh my apollo station tables right where you've got an interior and exterior where the exterior is all difficult terrain uh zero g with ladders to climb up on top while the interior is normal right like this is going to change your game more Oh yeah, and it's it's pretty cool the idea that that there is this third player in the game. Um, you know, you think about when you show up to a tournament, you you could be facing different people that play different styles. Um, again, we talked about this in the internet matter where like apparently in Spain, uh, infiltrating over the halfway mark at negative three is just done all the time. You just do it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, and like it blows my mind. I'm like, are you are you kidding me? I paid points for infiltration. Like, yeah. I don't want to end up my deployment zone. So, like, you've got this whole, like, meta shift, but not only could you be playing people that play differently, but also the, the table that you show up could be something that you are completely unprepared for. Um, that, though, like, playing U.S. made me start doing that. Because, like, my grunts are on eights. So at least my infiltrator is ten. Yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I started doing that um, with my Drews. Because I'm like, I'll risk one hoon's a coot. Then yeah, you sure. Up, you're like, yeah. eh, it's probably finder back here. But it, depending on the army that you play, um, I was I was doing that a little bit. I actually did that against uh, TAC with US the first time they came out. Because I had so many um, hard case box trots and the infiltration, the infiltration grunts. Mm -hmm. like, Anybody with mines, I'm rolling. Because he has just enough revealed models... So I'm going to smoke a whole bunch of camos when he tries to activate those impetuous ones. <laughs> yeah, it, is, it only takes one. Landed two, ruined his day. Ruined yep. his day landing two. Game over. He, I'm going to reveal and place a mine. 
Yeah, I'm like the opposite with my infiltrating grunts. I've maybe landed, like, I feel like I never land them, except for, like, one game I played against a buddy where I landed four out of four. Oh, my goodness. And it was just like that. So this happened. uh, And I had first turn. (laughs) And it was was GG from there. Um, Yeah, that's even better. Like, if you land a Foxtrot and you have first turn, and you're like, you roll them and they land there, and you're like, okay, I'm going to move the edge. I'm placing a camo token. Now I'm going to move out. And they're like, oh, wait. Yeah. Camo tokens in between that marker and this guy and the guy you're shooting. So, uh. <laughs> oh, my um, God. Yeah. Get a bit more ballsy with, with that um, in those in those armies that you can you can throw away a couple of models and not. Get. Right. Definitely I mean, an army like Invincibles, where you only have 10. And my zench has got to be where my zench has got to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got sure. one chance. Yeah, uh, it, it's it, you don't want to take risks in that case. <laughs> so, I mean, so one of the cool things is like, so I kind of touched on it a little bit. There's so many companies on making terrain; it's ridiculous. You can you can come up with any idea and find the terrain that mm. like meets your idea. the The Japanese table that John mentioned that I've never made, and it's honestly due to uh, I have too many tables. Um, it's just like I wanted to play Test of Honor, and then I actually realized I just wanted to make a Japanese table. So, yeah, like, what if I got <laughs> right? So, what if I got like a bunch of historic Japanese buildings, and then just bought like some packs of sci-fi widgets, and just added little hints that this is not a feudal uh, environment? Yeah. Just like um, a keypad here, a random terminal there. Right? Exactly. That's all you need. And. So the cool thing is there's like, you know, there's obviously all the like MDF terrain that everybody makes. Right. So um, actually that right there is a, a beautiful Warsenal piece that is probably one of my favorites that they've done. Um, and you can source it from all these different places. But I mean, even if you're not a hobbyist, you know, if you're not going to be uh, cutting up foam and like getting out all the mm-hmm. all the other stuff to, to build something like this, like. Um, this uh, my Apollo station, for instance. So I, I actually designed this terrain. Um and it's all pre-printed, right? And then, like, oh. Muse... Yeah, so you don't have to paint it. You just glue it together, and you've got this table. Um, or, like, Muse does a does the... Um, oh, what are they called? Uh, Strong Post Alpha. Thank you. The Strong Post Alpha table. Like, so that's becoming an option for people. Um, mm-hmm. Like, kind of depending on your level of... You you basically get to pick your the size of your project, right? Like, I... I really like MDF terrain personally, where I can, I can modify it from the core set. Um, so it's funny. It's like, I designed a pre-printed table. I own one, but it was kind of like the most boring table for me to make. I made it all in three, you know, I had a buddy do the 3d work. Um, I sketched it all out. He made it from the, my sketches that I did in Photoshop. I made all the textures. And then when I assembled it, I'm like, well, this was boring. Like it just took me hours and hours and hours of gluing shit. And I didn't get to like, well, get my I mean, hands- when we did it, it was the night before the Rose City raid, and Joel Traveler <laughs> and oh my me, god, was it me, Obi, Joel Traveler, you, and Lauren, your wife? Yes. We just like sat in a room and like glued stuff and got very drunk and like yeah. put together this table the night before. <laughs> it was it was a good time. Accurate. That is uh, that is an accurate de- depiction of events. Um, but yeah, I just I love modifying stuff. Um, but the cool thing is, but the, the point is though, that there's really, um, the, the project can scale to whatever you want, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to yeah. go as totally ape shit as I have a tendency to do. Um, it's fractal, and... right? You can, you can stop at the top most pretty picture or you can go as far down as you want. 
Yeah, dude, like I'm I I have never finished my US Ariada table actually, which I probably should someday, but like when I'm like tape gluing drywall tape to the outside of blocks to make individual uh boxes for the Hesco barriers, like <laughs> it's it's it looks um, good, man. It's worth it. I'm really happy with how it looks, but Jesus Christ, it takes forever. Um dude, mine's mine's not done either, and that's my favorite table that I own because it's uh it's modular. Yeah. It has a catwalks so you can turn it into what looks like almost a prison cell it's outposts it's always changing which i like because you and i'm i'm a big fan of uh, multi-levels uh-huh, uh-huh. it's it's really good um but there's just all those little details you're talking about like the i have i just haven't got around to be able to do them like on the van zant um the limited edition one that has a it has an outhouse in the back well oh nice I, I cut out and rolled up paper, so it has toilet paper leading to it, um, but I have this, it's from the UK, it's, it's US military, and they have the, the little quads, and guys riding the quads. Oh, yeah. So I was going to use those for some rangers, but then the guys sitting on them are plastic, so I'm like, and I test it, he fits right in there, so I actually want to have a guy, and I'm just going to cut his hands, Photoshop one of the Infinity rule books, and have him reading it on the poop. <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. (laughs) Um, But it's like I have the model, and then you get on other painting projects. But then there's, again, like some other uh, light aspects I wanted to finish. Um, And just those little details that you're, yes, those are the exact ones. Those are are my Mavericks. That's perfect. So, yeah, so the guys that come on there, I'm having them sit in the toilet. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) um, That way I'm not, you know, using one of the models and fits perfectly it's super funny man um and it's just one of those things i haven't had time to do because i keep moving on to other projects and right done enough to where it looks good uh, yeah but i haven't got to add all of the character it just only has like half of the character that i want to add and like all of yours that you've shown are so freaking amazing on the character that you finished on them like that's the most important thing but look how badass those look see that that's <laughs> right yeah. I, I, I only have two of them but that's I want to add those to my Maverick, man. Yeah, they, they look I, so natural that every time I see yeah. like the actual model, I'm just like, whoa, where'd you do that conversion from? It looks worse. Right. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. Like when I play, like I made these, I feel like so long ago that whenever I play against another US Ariadna player and their Maverick is on a bike, I just think it's a Desperado. Yeah. I only, it, like, right. Well, yeah. So you're like the only uh, player of USR that I play regularly because I guess, you know, the other one's Jordan, but he plays a lot of Caledonia recently. Like, I, yep. I, I have a really hard time doing like threat recognition. I'm just like, oh, it's a, it's a Desperado. Cool. No, 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 it's a Maverick. What, what are you talking about? It's not, it's not a, a bike. Squad. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, I think I I might have to revisit my um revisit my US Ariana table especially because there's that that new Comanche um landing pad. Yes. Oh yeah. On the bottom. Oh my god! So like every time I set up my table, my my uh, my US Ariana table, I like jam all the terrain I can underneath the landing pad. Yeah. For- movement my fire so i'm like yeah somebody felt like this was a really good place to drop off shipping containers and quonset huts like just all crammed underneath just put them downstairs (laughs) yeah yeah no exactly slide it off the truck and drag it into position underneath here please yeah Um, it's it's the attic of the u.s area it totally is um so yeah i need to get that new one um to uh to close that off to actually make it more playable because that is the biggest pain in the ass uh but 
so just like thinking about like different way, different kind of approaches, different things to add on to people's tables, right? Like you obviously have like buildings and boxes and walls, like kind of all the generic stuff that I think people um, are used to. But um, really, I think the game, the game and the rules for maneuvering around train really open up when you start including things that are irregular shapes, um, things that you have to climb up. Uh, you don't need a ladder. You don't need a ladder in every building. Right, like OSHA isn't going to come here and knock <laughs> and knock down your door because you didn't have a uh, a ladder to reach the top of the building. Many people use climb. Exactly. It exists. Exactly. Uh, Make them yeah. <laughs> yeah, right up there. Can you give me a boost? <laughs> so, like one of one of my biggest like pet peeves in terrain, and something that you'll not see on you'll see on very seldom on my tables. Um, it's the idea of like a staircase that is outside the building, right? Uh, <laughs> like, oh yeah, to get to the upstairs apartment, like leave the building and then take the stairs on the outside to go up. And it's like, who does that? I would never buy that. I would never rent that apartment. I was like, unless it was like the upstairs apartment and downstairs apartment. Right? No, you have to go through the downstairs apartment to get to the stairs to the oh, upstairs apartment. Okay, yeah, there you go. Right? Like all those, like I look at those and I'm just like, nope, I can't. Mm-mm. Love I can't thy neighbor. Do. Love thy neighbor, Adam. Right. <laughs> Excuse me, coming through. Yeah, uh, for a building, the stairs wouldn't be on the outside; they'd be on the inside. <laughs> yeah, who would who would take that? Like, sorry, the only way to access the th- to access the third floor is the fire escape through the second floor apartment. Yeah, like, that's... nope that that is just one of the weird thing that like I draw a line there. Um, yeah, but Obi also, says you're dissing his apartment complex. I I am Obi. I think <laughs> oh man, I think it's the micro art studio ones that have a lot of that going on, and it has always made me a little bit sad. Um, <laughs> That's it's funny thing you said on that on my US it's a mixture between um, Comanche and that company Maki. They, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Like so they they were trying to do this modular terrain. It it was like what a Kickstarter, I, right? Yeah, I, I did it, man, and because I wanted to be like, oh, well, I can do buildings and then I can make interiors because I like like you said, I like to change things up. Like sometimes I want to be on a corridor, like we're busting into a ship and we need to go through all these corridors. And it just, it wasn't what they said. Um, so the best use that I thought was, it's like, well, I'm just going to make a bunch of box buildings. There and you go. Some work with the, like, so all of my walkways are their balconies that I just chopped up and glued together mm. sections and used the railings to match up. But they had a bunch of staircases that you can actually, plug out and plug back in which is really cool and that's one thing that i do is i have different um i have one that goes all the way to the third floor a couple that go to the second and a bunch that are oh, on there the you floor. go so that yeah you can take a ladder to this one or sometimes i'll do a sniper tower where the only way you can get down is the steps all the way to the ground mm-hmm. <laughs> you know then the other the other thing is a storage room so it's like yeah you don't have any access to there but it's like you were saying it's like you need realistic access to different parts of those levels without having to go through it's like, right well, it just outside they they need to walk up there like that's how they get to the guard post yeah exactly it, it so you like those back you have to jump <laughs> yeah, right but like those are the kinds of details that i think that separate like making just like a whatever table versus like a table that actually feels like an environment exactly. right or it's like considerate like and it probably comes from a little bit of bias, like I'm a UX designer, right? Like my whole job is considering people and how they interact with whatever I'm working on, right? So it's like, think about like, what I want to live here, you know? And like, <laughs> the only table that I have external stairs on is my Navai Bank- uh, Bangkok table, mm-hmm. which it's a shithole slum. Like, yeah, yeah there's external stairs, 
deal with it. And fire escapes sucks. Don't live here. <laughs> right. Um, but like my Apollo station table, like I've built all the ladders. You can kind of see them here. All the horizontal lines represent ladders or on the pre-painted version. Um, you can see them a bit in the background here. Like realistically, there needs to be access here. How, how does that happen? What does that look like? Um, those kinds of considerations really, really just bring it all together. Um, but yeah, so like you've got your, you know, you've, you start getting your regular shapes. That's when the game opens up. When you start adding special terrain zones, which is actually where I went back to that image, was like, you can make a game out of boxes, sure, and play a game. You'll have fun. Um, but I think it's really important to include one or two, at least, special terrain zones on a table because they start becoming things to tactically consider, right? So like in N3, where, where Viz mods affect dodge, like, holy shit, there's some woods there. I want my dude with flamethrower to be in the woods. Yeah, putting a mine right. mine layers are gross. You're now oh, yeah. six. Yep. Um, or I've had fun using woods to make Sepsider harder to dodge. Yep. Oh wow. Because <laughs> you're because you're a monster. Right. Like so, I I cruise up behind you somehow. You know, with the avatar, like have fun dodging at <laughs> cruise you know, up behind you with and the murdered, avatar. I murdered everything else. Um, but you know, negative three for template from line of fire, negative three for low vis zone. Suddenly. Uh, that Sepsider is looking pretty pretty fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes sense, too. It's like, how are you going to combat roll when there's trees everywhere and sticks and shrubs and, oh, man, I hit this rock and I stopped. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep. It's the woods. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So, um, but yeah, no, so I think, like, there's there's so many options out there. There's something for everyone, right? Like, that's kind of the whole point is, like, don't limit yourself you know, I, um, I know that like shark mounted lasers still makes like a here's an ITS t- table in a box, right? Yeah. And like I kind of don't want to get to the place where 40k is, where 40k is where Warhammer Fantasy was like eight years ago, where it's like here's your four pieces of prescribed terrain that are tall and solid and make no sense. Like, continue. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, it, and there's no flavor either. It's like, oh, we have to put this out just because, and it's like. Oh, you get like a cover save, but there's like no dynamic to it. And that's funny is before Infinity, I actually started playing more Necromunda, the old rules. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Because I wanted to build really cool terrain. Um, One of my tables, because, you know, I was just using, I was like, I need to make an underhive. So I had all these tall um, PVC pipes. Yeah. Like pumping it up to the other hives. But on my table, I had rules that, you know, you if somebody was within two inches of that and you missed you'd have to roll and on a five or six it would actually collapse and then i would have pieces that would come in there were collapsed pipes that i used cork oh awesome oh that's rad attached to so but then you would have to take damage from the collapsing of it if the template landed over where your models were so any when you put the new one down you have to pick your models up and put them on and whoever's on there took basically collapsing damage Mm -hmm, mm Dude, that reminds me. Like, like I like that kind of dynamic, like you yeah. know, like that aspect to to tables. I think that's what attracted to me to Infinity so much is once you started learning it, you're like, oh my gosh, terrain actually means something. It's not just like you said, a priest. Well, you have to put this here, this here, just so that you have something to fight around, and then the whole game is just me moving my models and rolling as many dice as I can. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Boring fast. yeah. It's but, so around and jumping into a dumpster <laughs> yeah right like uh decap you spend your whole your whole game in the dumpster you're doing your yeah. job yeah exactly they're coming for me Shit. I, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> um so so john now we've we've talked a little bit about like there is this wealth of terrain out there in the world right like you can do it however you want whatever you want there's plenty of it there's no excuse make a fucking table right so yeah once you once you get all this stuff what people i i guess can also lose sight of though is like the way you set up the table is also critical right so right. you you've got either your boxes or your you know your corridor terrain hey go buy one because like, you're gonna get a couple bucks from it um or you know whatever you've got this this massive amount of terrain but then you can really mess it up uh in setting it up so you really can why don't you talk a little bit about about actually like i don't know getting it all together Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, let's let's take. So, we've talked a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot about a bunch, a bunch of different crazy tables so far, um, and I think it's important to sort of break it down and take a look at a table and say, like, well, it's not actually so ridiculous. It it does have the same elements that you're used to, right? You can sort of break everything down into. There's a firing lane here. There, uh, there's you know a place where you can get, put a guy with a chain rifle or a flamethrower or a mine, right? So just kind of break it down. So here's here's one of the crazier tables that you know I'll go through a couple of the crazy tables and we'll go back to a more standard table, sort of round things out. So here is um, a test print of uh, oh, yeah. Adam's Apollo station table, which uh, paints up real nice. You just rattle can a bunch of stuff orange, rattle can a bunch of stuff white, glue together, call it a day. Um, so this is one. This table, yeah, was lovingly referred to as the donut of death. This is yeah. This is the donut of death. So um, let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, one of the things that you don't see here, and, and I unfortunately didn't really prepare a picture of this beforehand, but there's roofs to these corridors that you can climb up. So you can see here. You can see my mouse. Um, there's these there's these ladders that you can climb up onto the roof of these tables, and you can wander around <coughs> just like any other infinity roof, right? You can go prone on it. If you're prone at the lip of the roof, you get cover just like anywhere you know any other table. Um, so taking a look at this, it it basically blocks a huge amount of line of fire for the mm -hmm. entire. Uh, entire table. Uh, there really aren't any deployment zone to deployment zone fire lanes, except for maybe the one on the right here, like through this crater. Uh, everything else is mm -hmm. sort of inside. So you're like, okay, you know, you take a look at this table. You're like, all right, this is a close range table. I'm I'm upset now because I didn't bring any shotguns. I didn't bring any flamethrower. Well, that's not true, right? Because you look at this fire lane. If you the the way the table terrain was designed, right, very carefully by Adam and one of our locals, Dan, is that there is a long fire lane. It's from this area here through this pie cut right there. Yep. Right? So there is a long fire lane. Sniper rifles are still relevant. HMGs are still relevant, right? You can still use all the tools you're familiar with, but it ends up working in this kind of, you know, wacky environment. And it forces you to think about things differently, right? There's a small window. So now um, it makes, uh, puts more emphasis on things like cautious movement. Puts more emphasis on like one smoke template really gets you what you need to, you know, what you need to succeed, right? Like I, I need to get to the objective. I, now I don't have to throw three smoke templates. I can throw one. So it kind mm -hmm. of changes the valuation of things. Um, and the other thing that's really uh, interesting is I like, to, I like to call this table in particular three tables in one. So as a mm -hmm. quick, you know, ad plug for going to Muse on Minis and buying this table, you're getting three tables for the price of one. Here's why. Um, looking at this table, you have three main zones. There's the inside zone of the table where in general things like shotguns and template weapons do, you know, rule the roost, right? Like you're going to get a lot of mileage out of that because you can you can hide behind crates and stuff, get into shotgun range and then blast away and win. Um, there's the outside table where, uh, you know, things like sniper rifles, missile launchers, HMGs, they work the same as you would expect in any other table. Then there's the roof. Um, the roof is another completely different engagement where um, there's no cover. It's it's a bunch of solar panels. Like you don't want cover because then you cast shadows on the solar panel and you don't get any energy, right? So they're basically a flat plane 
And in the active turn, it's brutal because you can walk around on there. When you get close to the edge, you drop prone, crawl to the edge, and then you just mow down everything uh, in the outside zone while you're in cover and they're not, right? Because you can find an angle with this much surface area where you're getting them out mm -hmm. of cover. But but if you stay up there in your reactive turn, all they have to do is walk up there. Now they've got burst three. Now they've got burst four or five if they want to walk a link around, right? And they'll just gun you down because you're not in cover. You're like, they're not in cover either, but they've got five dice to your one. They're going to win, yeah. right? <laughs> so, I mean, like, oh, it's... Yeah. it's it's crazy, and there's so little movement between the zones, right? So look look at this right now. This is called the Donut of Death because there aren't very many ways in or out. You can't go from the left side to the right side to the right side of the table without using the roof, right? So yeah, John, I don't know if, if you want to show my screen really quick. We can, sure. So we're talking about where we've got the 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 ceiling or the roofs on here. So yeah. okay, this is kind of what I'm talking about where you've got these ladders built into the design. Yeah. But then there's a totally modular roof system. So you can you just put the roofs down where your models are standing above, so you still have access to the inside. Yeah, okay. exactly. Right. So like they're all solar panels, so it's designed to be flat on top, so it is an absolute like death zone. Yeah. No, that's actually cool. <laughs> it makes sense too because it's it's an outpost, so they have solar panels. Uh, but no, I like that because it's it, just like you were saying, like um, yeah, you can have that whole interior, but a lot of times people forget about that. Hey, prone on a roof. It yeah. totally changes your perspective on things, <laughs> but, but like, and again, does come with its own, <laughs> its own repercussions. Yeah. You can't get out of yeah. Dodge or they get the drop on you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, Sappers, you just look inside. You're like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like if you run out of orders, oh. you, you have a guy up there. Oh my God. Yeah. One of our locals, you know, saying deal with it. Right. Oh, that's, that's you. Ed. That's me. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like it's, it's, uh, it's pretty brutal this table. Um, it changes the valuation of link teams as well. Cause one of the big problems that Adam and I both have is that we generally tie, we, um, we devalue the five man link, obviously plus three, uh, to BS is great. No questioning. Six mm -hmm. level two is great. No questioning that, but deploying five models is a pain in them. There's a lot of surface yeah. area you need to cover. It's hard to move them. But what if you had like two tables, you were moving them on simultaneously. You can put a guy on the roof, yep. guy outside, three guys inside, right? Like all the stuff that you like the boarding shotgun that you took because it was two points cheaper, right? Pick your favorite link where that's true, <laughs> right? You're like, ah, I need some filler. Throw the boarding shotgun guy in. Now mm. he's useful. Now, as you're running your HMG around on the roof, gunning down full, your boarding shotgun is advancing and getting into their, you know, juicy sweet bits and, you know, shit pulling, pull, pull, filling it full of buckshot. So I think, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of value to this kind of table. I mean, it has all the elements of a regular infinity table, right? Long fire lanes, short fire lanes, mm -hmm. all those things where you have to like worry about all these gaps, areas of coverage, um, really changes up the way you think about it and the way you interact with it. Cause it, it gives you, it like, gives it to you all at once. Um, yeah. Something I've really enjoyed in this table before. Um, one last note before we go away is if you do not have a plan for how to defend the corridors yeah. and your opponent has war bands, it's game over. Yeah. Like yeah. if, if <laughs> you, if you ignore those corridors and I've got like a hungries link with my Morats or, or yeah. not even the link, just a bunch of like tiger creatures and hungries, yeah. they're going to funnel straight through those corridors right into your deployment zone. Yeah. If you thought McMurrow was scary on a normal table, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gross. One thing with this too is um, probably that change to drop troops too. Without yeah, not mm -hmm. having to put a template down, they can legit land behind you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Eight inch deployment zone. 
probably out of line of fire as somebody else um, with angles and the height, and yeah. that that could end your little dude's day. Um, but yeah, that's that's why I like uh, tables that have multiple levels, um, especially playing mainly sectorials because you need that. It's yeah. sometimes the only way you can field a five member fire team is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you need to physically stack them. <laughs> And you want your ground troops on the ground, your high dudes up there, you know, your long range dudes where they can see things. That way, if you do have to cut and run, you're not climbing down or I don't know. That's that's what makes uh, one level box um, type yeah. deals with no like interiors or anything. Kind of, I, I feel like it kind of really takes away, <clears throat> like it, it puts you in a crutch, you know, like it takes part of your mobility away in um game wide sure. because you're yeah, just kind exactly. of kicking out, yeah. kicking out aspect of the game that makes it so dynamic yeah one of, so one this... of the one of the cool things you can do that we've been discussing especially with our uh, focus on our current focus on destructible terrain is you can see that there's these uh, clear hexagons in the middle of some of these uh, we're thinking yeah. about making those destructible so um nice. you could like decharge your way through that repel down and then be behind somebody nice. yeah so that's actually really cool yeah it opens hey, up a lot of too. a lot of difference strategies how many action movies have you seen them blast the glass roof and then rappel down right right yeah exactly <laughs> right so something, Den- denzel uh, washington's something, in here something that uh, i've been working with dan right now for this table is actually um 3d printing missile turrets and things and satellite communication dishes to fit into the glass hexagon roof pieces so those that, are made to be removed right that'd be fantastic um hey, this do your special rules because it's like hey that air everybody yeah like in paradiso where they would have the turrets it just they were everybody was the enemy so if you activated it he could see you and it'd shoot yeah exactly exactly yeah. the security system it's gone haywire <laughs> so this is this is actually probably a good point a good moment to uh, to point out for anybody who's listening to this on the podcast version make sure to look at your phone because um john has got it set up where in during the podcast the art the album artwork will change uh to whichever image we're talking about well not so. all the time that's a lot of work i'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll do the highlights i'll do the highlights. okay um but yeah let's uh let's talk about uh the airplane table so here's a here's a configuration that i set up for um for armory so i've uh, adam helped me make this uh chain link fence which is super rad and i love it um and so this is the configuration for armory and this is a this is a live game uh i think i was playing iss versus oss so all the sss um <laughs> and uh so i just want to talk about the the, the true ridiculous of this so my opponent put a dakini sniper up in the top left here and that is pretty brutal on this table because off the wing uh, yeah, right off the wing. So there's there's his. Uh, we were this is a Soldier of Fortune tournament. So there's his. Oh, sorry, Spec Ops tournament. So there's his Spec Ops right there. Spec Ops day. His Dakini was in this this little block area here. Yep. And basically, what ended up happening was that's a super dominating position because it covers basically this cone here, which is like a good third of my deployments, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that was very very commanding because this area here, because that line of fire crosses that area. It's a it's a low vis saturation, which means now I'm dealing with that Dakini sniper's cover, mimetism, uh, uh, and low vis. So that's neg that's, that's, that's and neg saturation. Nine. That's neg nine, right? And saturation. That's that's neg nine before range mod, right? So yeah, I you, you could be it could be neg twelveing me if I if I have the wrong kind of gun. Fortunately, I'll... I planned for this and brought a bow sniper, right? So, but like, how many times have people said that? Who brings bow snipers, right? So, <laughs> but like, but like, but I mean, it's not a bad profile, 
in this context. Really the only people, one. the only people who bring bow snipers are hipsters named John. Well, <laughs> fine, but but I mean, like it was super useful, and I I think the the uh, the key point I want to make here is like it it does the same sort of stuff that a normal infinity table would. You have basically there's an X shaped fire lane, right? Because there's I mean this is a weird degenerate case because there's a there's an armory objective room thing in the middle which is infinitely tall, but you have these horrendously long fire lanes um, where you have a real problem getting through them, especially when somebody brings something as dominant as a mimetism sniper in a link, right? Um, mm -hmm. But you know, you talking about sorry, though, right? What was that? I said you said he was on the wing. Uh, no, he's he's behind he's behind the block there. These these little uh, blocks. Yeah, so he's right there. Yeah. The wing I could hear was William Shatner voice on your side of the table going, "There's something on the wing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's oh, a Dakini, there's a Dakini HMG on the wing. That's what's on the wing. Sorry. No, no you're fine. Um, but, uh, you know, talking about approach angles, the way I dealt with this was, uh, well, in the real game, what I ended up doing was I dropped a Garuda behind his link and started shotgunning. And it was, it was, it was, uh, it, they were dodging on, uh, on, uh, neg three cause they were in a low vis zone. But, um, uh, there, there's an approach path for a Quang Chi cause I'm playing ISS. And those of you who have played, uh, against people who play ISS with a lot of Quang Chi know that Quang Chi are super dangerous. Uh, so what I ended up doing to solve this problem after the Garuda didn't kill enough stuff was I just rocketed, there's a Quangxi somewhere in this blob on the left here. I just rocketed him up the left side and took out most of the link, right? Yeah. So, so, you know, yes, there's a hugely dominant fire lane that um, is really difficult to deal with if you deal with it head on. But if you bring a mixed bag of tools with an expectation that you see like long, mid, and short fire lane, uh, and you have a chin rifle that can get there, you can solve the problem, right? So it's all about like Adam and I when we build tables and build tournaments and like think about terrain, we try to try to get you to think about infinity as a holistic thing. Like you need to be prepared for whatever may come your way. You need to look at all the different fire lanes, look at all the different how are you going to solve the problem? And so like that's how we're going to try to get our guys to you know level up and, and take take the uh, the meta trophy. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things like I don't know Kip if, if you guys think about this the same way over in Arizona, but like when when we're setting up a table, right? You've got the first thing I think about is theme because I'm yeah. a nerd and I like making basically giant dollhouses. Um, but like setting up a table, thinking about not only firing corridors, I know that like a lot of metas are like anti the idea of a, a deployment zone to deployment zone firing corridor, but also like ways to move up the table and then like mixing the densities of terrain in different areas of the table. No, we're, we're the same. Like um, I'm a, I'm a big firm believer in uh, one side, should be advantageous so if yeah you're, the, you're like well if i want to go first i'm probably gonna have to deal with that sniper nest but then so one i put something in the deployment zone i i actually i'm we'll go back to the usa table on mine there are deployment zone deployment zone firing <laughs> firing areas mm -hmm. but i'll have bigger terrain that will block them to just um a certain portion so you can't sure. just spray the whole area because then you have to think well you have to give the that person the opportunity to counter that so just like you said you're like well you may have heavy one to this side but then there's some crates and stuff here and other buildings to where you can either kind of dodge around their view or there's one cautious movement that could get you on a free run for a chain rifle in the back end so it's right the same. yeah it's the same i i i don't like tables that have zero firing lanes because you're like dude hmgs and and um sniper those rifles. aren't cheap they fired. cost points. Well, yeah, this is why the Drew's HMG has viral. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, and I've used them. 
I love, dude, I love Drews. I mean, Gif, you know that. So good. 100%, man. Oh, my God. Fantastic army. It is very competitive. The the problem is, is you don't have a lot of tricks. But if you know that your opponent is going to know what you bring, then you just know that they're not going to be fooled. And you just power your way Yep. <laughs> oh my god i've had games with those viral pistols man so yeah. one thing i don't know if you can quite tell in these photos kip that plane right there uh, um it's about seven inches tall like so uh, it's actually wow. i the reason why i bought that toy is because that toy is within i did the math it's within like three percent of a an accurate 28 millimeter scale c-130 hercules perfect but i like that too <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, the main fuselage basically block, blocks table edge to table edge. Except yeah. for the X shape in the middle. So when you talk about like deployment zone advantage, though, in yeah. because because you want to put those two body pieces together, you're creating like this giant wall where if yeah. somebody can deploy up on top of that thing, they start just asserting some major dominance. Like if you yeah. look at this perspective. <laughs> yeah. So like this is a ramp here. You can literally rocket something up this ramp, go prone and start gunning down people. Yeah, so the, the the fuselage is tilted so the wing exactly becomes a ramp to get up to the top. Nice. So your bikes can actually jump off it too. Exactly. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. I've played JSA on this table. It is a rough nice. table for everyone, but it is super fun as JSA. I've always um, liked if you have the movement to where you can ramp and land, and it's your short movement. <laughs> <'cause it's laughs> yeah, right. Just on principle. So it's like you're like in midair. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Jim was just up there throwing smoke grenades and contender yeah. shots everywhere. You, you have to do it on principle alone. You do, you do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've actually turned this table into a uh, into a mega table. Plug that first. Um, so it's, it's like, actually wow. it's actually three tables in one. I'm planning a fourth. So uh, a buddy of uh, Dan, the buddy of ours who like did a lot of the three, he's, he bought a 3D printer. So he's um, we're gonna I'm gonna build an Ariadna motor pool. So this is three tables in one. Basically, the story is to go back with the theme, right? So this is a, a, a Merovingian base. Right, so you have the Cheyenne Mountain Complex over here, where all their, their right. secret gubbins are, and then you have uh, like sort of a um, a protective uh, cordon with like barbed wire and stuff, and then the extra plan that crashed when Murph died, right, or whatever the CB did, mm -hmm. uh, is this thing, the big C-130. So, so the extra plan tried to make it home, didn't quite make it, crash landed, and uh, Murph is here, you know, pulling their buddies out of the wreckage. So that's the. Um, awesome so it's, yeah. yeah it's actually what 12 feet long going to be 16 feet long of yeah. one continuous table yeah. that plays as four separate tables yeah no i love that man um guillermo um down out of albuquerque was really good about doing that he'd always have like two tables uh-huh but they combine one and i've always liked how he he did much like you guys would buy those kits and he's like okay how can i break these and make them something totally unique um so i've always been a fan and that right there though is probably one of the most epic um that i've seen being four freaking tables long that's fantastic thanks yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a lot of painting yeah I <laughs> um but here's here's the mountain table so i just want to talk really quickly about tuning a table right because a lot of a lot of this is an experiment both in like trying new hobby techniques uh maybe maybe not new for adam but new for me like building this building this crazy mountain thing out of uh insulation foam um uh, yeah but uh yeah so like how do you tune this table right because this mountain is incredibly commanding if you get it's anything eight inches up, tall yeah it's eight inches tall if, if you get a dude up here like uh i i faced hack tau and suppression up here 
Like, how do you I... deal with that, right? It's super, super gross. So you sort of have to build these zones in, right? So you put the Comanche barracks down, blocks a huge line of fire, you put these Quonset huts down. So there's a path forward, right? You got you to gotta build that into the table when you're setting it up. So you got to have a way around this ridiculous mountain. So this, again, is like a two tables in one. There's the table where you play on the ground and the table where you, you fight for supremacy on the mountain. And then that ends up like, you know, leading into uh, affecting the, uh, the other table as well. But you need to have this sort of um, advanced path, which sort of lets you ignore the mountain. But we found, I found out after much, much uh, playtesting that it wasn't good enough, right? So here's another perspective. You can sort of see, like, if you're up on the mountain, you can sort of see in this back area, and you really have to... There's only one path forward, so if you didn't deploy perfectly, you're in trouble. So I eventually ended up moving to this configuration, and I'm still tuning it. But basically the idea is that now you, you use uh, these walls to help help uh, block things off. So, the, I, you know, just to um, to show you the evolution of a table, right? It's not it's not it's not a static thing that just you just set it up once and it's like that forever. It's constantly evolving. You're constantly finding new pieces of terrain, painting them up, including them, swapping them out, seeing how it feels. You can see these very tall um, uh, towers from uh, Death Ray Designs. I think it's their Imperial Stronghold or something, um, little terrain line. This is actually about the same height as the mountain. So now you can start challenging mm. things on the mountain, and you can, the people on the mountain can't go prone to claim cover anymore because you, right. standing up as an S2 silhouette, are tall enough to, to deny them cover. So so it, provide, it, it projects some you know threat back towards the mountain, which I think is, is relevant. So you, know, you have to sort of balance these. Um, mm. Here's another picture, so you can sort of see. Um, nice. You know, but we've we've talked a lot about um, all these tables now. But I want to talk about um, about this table here. So this is Strompost Alpha from from Muson Minis, and this is about as traditional as you can get with an infinity table. I mean, mm -hmm. like you 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 have all these rectangular buildings, and sure they've you know cropped the corners off, but it's it's a rectangle, right? It's a space rectangle. Some, yeah, it's a space rectangle. They've, space. they've yeah, they've, there's <laughs> ladders. There's catwalks. It's about as, as vanilla as you can get. It's an amazing table for the cost. If you want an infinity table, it puts together real easy, and you just drop it on, it looks great. Uh, it's very little effort. Like One of the biggest problems with building terrain is that 90% of the time, you're going to put together your MDF, be exhausted, and be like, I'm done. And then you just have this like weird beige table for the rest of your Right, you get you put unless you're you know Tom Shittle, you're not going to paint it. So, yeah. so you know this this is this this is the way to get to a table that looks really nice wow. and plays really well very quickly. And and I just want to I want to make the point that um, even with a rectangle table like built entirely out of rectangle, you can have these these this uh this like depth of play and depth of options right just by configuring it properly. So um, I want to talk about this right. So here's here's a picture of yeah, so so putting putting a big line of fire blocking thing in the middle is a big part of it. So mm -hmm. this is a picture of one of the deployment zones. You can sort of see like this is what would be considered quote unquote a sniper tower. Uh, there are a couple of fire lanes, but it's not completely dominant. The mountain mm -hmm. you can see to the left here is is pretty blocking. I can't see the other side. Of the, um, and the same from from the left side here, right? So I can see my half of the table that I'm 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 you know exercising my fire lane on without completely dominating. The other thing that's really interesting is that these um, these catwalks actually end up doing a lot of line of fire block. So if I'm on the ground here, let's say I'm standing next to this this uh, this little um, uh, gray wall here, I can see basically deployments under deployments. But if I'm on this this uh, 
this building here, I can't anymore because there's this catwalk in the way, so there's a shadow zone that it creates. So it creates some like interesting vertical pie slicing that I think people aren't used to, right? Because mm -hmm. like, people, people, it makes sense like uh, with anybody who's played a bunch of Infinity, you're like, okay, if I move left or right, I can pie slice. But you can also pie slice up and down and forward and back. Right, because your silhouette has a height, so as you get closer, you can see stuff far, you know, farther away or look lower, closer to you, depending on what's in front of you. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a bunch of really interesting stuff you can do. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, like, so one of the things I did with this table is I wanted to recreate the feel of the um, the uh, uh, Apollo station table, the space station table with all those corridors, right? The donut of death. Mm -hmm. So here's here's a good picture of that. So here is a height to rectangle. This is a rectangle on top of a rectangle, which ordinarily would be a very commanding position. What I've done here is you can see a S2 silhouette over here. That building over there is also the same height as me. So if we're up oh, here, we dominate we dominate our fire lanes, right? We we can say like, okay, I can I can see your deployment zone. I can test things that are going to fight fight up that the fire lane. If you have an HMG, I've got a sniper with mimetism. It's going to be a hard fight for you. We'll have to like dice it out basically. But if you get something up here, right? then you can shoot me out of cover because I'm probably like looking yep. in this corner here and I may not be tucked behind this gray wall enough so you can get me out of cover by positioning properly. So I've built these keyholes right in the in, in the geometry here so that you can get those kinds of fire lanes that sort of negate the dominant position of this sniper attack. Clever. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a different kind of um, so here's another picture of that right so here's on the other side here's another sniper attack. Yeah, that explains why you were why you were so well prepared for my riot girl missile launcher I deployed right in that spot. Yes, because I had thought very carefully. <laughs> I thought very carefully about it. But what's relevant well, to that statement is that um, let me see if I can pull up that game. Um, so this is actually a really really good point that you. This is the benefit of you know keeping meticulous notes and writing up games, which I do not recommend your, uh, to your this level of detail because it is it sucks. It turns infinity into work. Um, but I kind of weirdly enjoy it. I don't know. I, I'm just a masochist. Um, let me see. Yeah, so here, here's a good picture, right? So here is a basically deployment zone to deployment zone shot. Here's a Jambazan sniper shooting at Adam's Riot Girl. The Riot Girl uh, is just prone at the lip of the building. I am actually shorter than the Riot Girl here so because I'm on mm -hmm. a height one building, so he gets covered or she gets covered. Um, and what ends up happening is I is I shoot her through the smoke template here and uh, she dodges, which is the correct answer. And um, Adam fails guts back two inches. And that breaks line of fire because of the three-dimensional pie slicing. Yeah. Which is which is uh, which is not something people often think about, um, which I find really interesting. Um, but yeah, so so here here's a, here's a different option. So uh, yeah, so this it's we're looking at this sniper tower right now. Uh, so this grants cover, right? So you can see the silhouette template and uh, or silhouette marker rather, and this grants cover in this um, little wall here. And there's a picture of that height two building again, and you can see the base clearly. And you know I haven't I don't have a tape measure in this building, but you can sort of see that the height of the silhouette was enough to deny me cover here. But sure. If you look at um, that sniper tower, right? So here's a top-down picture of it. That's the same sniper tower here up at the top. It doesn't see very much. It's, it cancels out those two sniper towers. So here's one of them right here. Here's the other one, right? So it denies those two things, but it doesn't really affect me at all in my, if I'm trying to approach to the center objective. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in fact, um, looking at that sniper tower, like, okay, well... Let's let's take let's take the gold standard of ARO, right? The Kamau multi sniper. It's BS13, BS16 in the link, mimetism, MSV2, 
you can't smoke it out. It's a giant dick bag. What are you going to do? So, <laughs> right? Like, you know, it's, it's impossible to deal with, right? People are like, I, I, can't right. di- I can't dice it down. It's a huge pain in the butt. Well, you got to play the range bands. So when I set yep. this up, I did some measuring. And the distance from this corner here of this mountain is 16 inches, right? Which is, guess what? Oh, interesting. Underneath the good range band for the Kamau Sniper. So, um, you know, looking back at this picture, so basically I was measuring to this point here on the terrain, right? So you can, this is a completely safe advancement path. The Kamau Sniper can't see shit in the center here. You just, you can walk literally anything up here and a combi rifle will do the job because it's in 16. So, you know, you have to think about these kinds of considerations. And I, I think, I think, uh, this, I mean, I, I set up this table, you know, because uh, the, re- the, the real reason is because uh, it's very difficult to play tables like the mountain table, like the airplane table remotely. And so with the current situation sure. in the world right now, um, it's a lot easier for people to understand uh, that, I can I can think about rectangles a lot easier than I can think about like weird overhangs relation relation to like catwalks and mountains and stuff like there's a rectangle if I'm behind the rectangle you can't see me but if I'm like behind this weirdly shaped plane can you see me I don't know like we got to look at it I got to tell you and it like creates a lot more like cognitive load for you this is like I'm behind the box you can't see me I'm behind the box uh, so that helps yeah. with remote play um, but you can still get a lot of wealth of um, of, of gameplay here, right? Like there's a lot of like really cool things. you. Uh, so yeah, I, I just wanted to make the point that like, even though we've been talking about all these crazy tables with all these like different terrain zones, like saturation, low vis, nimbus, difficult terrain, I've got a table with minefields on it. So there's, there, I mean, just like you would expect out of a real military base, you have barbed wire, outside of the barbed wire is, is minefield. You take a shot in the minefield, you roll 17 or higher, you're taking a mine save and you might die, right? So, nice. um, yeah, I mean, there's there's zero special terrain rules on this table. Zero. And there's still a lot of really interesting stuff you can do. Yeah, Kip, you might find our chain link fence is pretty uh, amusing and punishing. Um, they don't block line of fire. They do block movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, that kind of makes sense. Right? It's a chain link fence. <laughs> like... You stick your barrel through. It's not gonna. Well, actually, I had a. Uh, I want to. Uh, yeah, here we go. Here's a. Here's a. Here's a battle report. Let me show this. So this. This creates a really cool narrative. Um, so here is a table. Endless the, battle reports. Yeah, it's, it's a. It's, um, <laughs> so here. Here. Here is the minefield table, right? So you can sort of see here that these these templates have some. Um, I forget the name of the thing. There's a, there's a template on here uh, with some mines on it. But So there's a tag here next to this chain link fence. The tag with the short skill can bust the chain link. A chain link fence is, fence is not going to stop it. You just blow right. So in fact, the first order of the game, you can sort of see that uh, I ended up breaking, them, which is a really cool narrative oh, yeah. element. So, yeah, I, I made damaged chain link fences. Oh, nice. So you just replace them? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, a tag, that's like kicking the door down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like Willow, out of the way, Peck. Yeah. <laughs> totally totally um yeah so it really is just all this stuff like there's there's so much you can do it is this third player of the game right but like when you set up these tables like really making sure you just to kind of reiterate the point of like understanding your theme having firing corridors yes. ways to move up the table you know a mixture of like narrow gaps and densities um yeah. and that can just that that is the game there's so much the game to find right there um there's all this complaining about like uh the the kamau sniper right and it's like well what does your table look like that the kamau sniper is so invincible right exactly i i think that's funny is um because i agree with john i always try to add some kind of element 
to where you can find your way through, but also allows your opponent to see that and they can try to counter your movement. Um, But you have to give somebody the chance. Um, But it's funny that you're using the Kamau sniper because since Varuna, that's now like the the gold standard. Yeah, Um, yeah. Call it Fort Kickass. Like that's what our friend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, so you want to give side Fort Kickass, but then you have to be able to um, arrange a table in a way that the opponent can take on said Fort Kickass mm-hmm. uh, and have you know equal opportunity to do so. Um, but it's funny is now the Varuna in a link is the gold standard that you actually build your tables around. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's it's just a happy side effect, right? Because like before yeah. before it was Fort Kick Ass, there was the Dakini linked uh, yeah. sniper, right? Yeah. And like yeah, you know, before that, there was always something before that where, yeah. where yeah. it was like, oh, that's awful. Um, I mean, and there's really only two armies that can easily deal with that um, head on. Yeah. Freaking steel phalanx and Toa because of Eclipse. Yep. yep. Like Eclipse grenade. Only way that's like that you can grenade your way up. Um, Eclipse. But, what are you talking about, man? Drakios. Drakios just walks up and bow. Oh, Stop that. Because <laughs> I know yep. white noise is a thing as well. Um, white noise. Black yeah. like Fires. Has that. Uh, Black Fires, yes. Yeah. Obi makes the point that uh, in, in uh, Northern California, they call it Fort Asshole. <laughs> Fort Asshole. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, Albedo, Albedo is um, huge. Uh, I believe. Um, Damn, I don't have my list right in front of me, but um, in Invincibles, you have that on one of the guys. Oh, um, <laughs> Lei Gong. Yeah, Lei Gong. Oh, yeah. So that's usually what I use. It's mm-hmm. like his marks turn one, um, getting up there, but you don't have the Eclipse that makes it easier. As I said, still, Phoenix is the best because you have Eclipse Grenades and Drakios. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, right, exactly. Oh, All of it. Well, this is why you should play Bakunin, because Bakunin has white noise and Eclipse. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. Right. Oh, you, you do. forgot that <laughs> has that. But White Noise, for sure, with all their HD+, man. Bikinin was one of my other first sectorials. Caledonia Yeah. But, dude, my Bikinin army was, like, bare bones. And I've never updated it. It's in, like, oh, man. nine years. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I think, I, think we, uh, I think we talked it. I think that was it. I think that was lovely, guys. Um... No, it was fantastic. Yeah, terrain, it's a thing. Have it, buy it, get some more. Don't do another sectoral like me. Make a couple tables first. Like finish US Ariana tables. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's gonna it's gonna be more interesting. Um, you know, and in a couple of weeks it'll end up in the box just like your sectoral would as well. So like just do yourself a favor explore the explore the craft section of michael's like especially after the after christmas when all those little build all the little houses and especially the trees go on sale mm-hmm. like yeah i mean just just that alone it damn terrain. like uh when you uh if, if you're just starting infinity you bought operation Caldstrom and you have all the the um uh, cardboard terrain put a tree on it completely changes it yeah right? exactly like we say in portland put a bird on it in infinity Put a tree on it. <laughs> perfect, or, perfect. You really say put a bird on it? No, yeah. nobody says that for real. Okay. <laughs> only, only if they're making fun of Portland people who just put a bird on it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, it's that time. You guys have all wasted another perfectly good evening listening to the Dice Abide Live. Um, of course, check us out on YouTube, Twitch, your podcast app. 
we've got those podcast chapters. Look at your phone. It's not driving, right? Uh, Patreon, if you like what we do, give us a couple bucks, buy us a beer. Uh, these things aren't cheap, and I drink one every episode, at least. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've also got uh, John with Bromat Academy. Yeah, don't and of forget, course, uh, code one, uh, uh, paint a code one model, send it into us. Uh, you might win some stuff. Uh, and uh, use Fordo's Everbots for June. Right, and then do it. And then uh, we've got Kip, of course, from MayaCast. Thank you, Kip, very much for joining the yes. conversation. Thank you very oh, much. Thank um, you for having me, man. This is cool. This is really fun. Yeah, it's it's a little different format, you know. Yeah. Um, really Kip, do you have anything? Do you have anything you would like to plug? I mean, you are by far. I mean, you got you're literally Kip from MayaCast, right? So it's like, is there, in case you <laughs> haven't heard of this guy's podcast, you know, <laughs> maybe you should check out MayaCast. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Honestly, man, the only thing I want to plug is um, let's you know just keep spreading the love. Like uh, this this hobby community that we have is. Uh, it's built on making friends, um, not just in your local area, but these tournaments like Rose City Raid that I need to actually go to. Um, Dude, I'll put you up. I'll put you up on the Um It's been really hard the last three years to like not go to more than two events, and I really would like to go to Rose City, um, even make my way a little bit uh, further north too. Um, but all those events and all these um, are put on um, not to only to go and play a bunch of games, but it's just to hang out and just be like, it's so good to see you and just spread that love um, and share the love of the hobby, especially with what's going on um, in our society right now. Right. Uh, yeah. That enough. So like, that's my one message. My one plug is we're actually all in this together because I love it, man. Come to our life. <laughs> so we best spend our time here uh, sharing positive thoughts and good experiences other so no matter what you believe in what side you're on um please respect everybody as equals and uh, love everybody as you would love their family because we're all human beings i believe we all belong to one mind one body one spirit baby that's a very combined army of thing for you to say that's why <laughs> <for> the bad guys <laughs> right oh man well, yeah, and then of course a special thanks to our Patreon patrons who uh, keep us intoxicated. Um, okay. Of course, be sure to catch us in all the places. Give us a five star rating on iTunes. Whew, I think that's all the plugs. That's all the things. <laughs> all right, guys, take care. All right, have a good night, everyone. <laughs>